0: Uh, I want us to look at Proverbs today, chapter 15. Uh, Many of you have seen Winnie the Pooh, I'm sure, hopefully. And they're interesting characters, a very unique set of characters in the Winnie the Pooh story. Most of them are uh, stuffed animals, if you, I don't know if you knew that, <laughs> but uh, a couple that I want to talk about are uh, Eeyore, the little stuffed donkey, and uh, Tigger. Eeyore goes around in the 100-acre wood <coughs> with a rain cloud over him his own personal little rain cloud. And he is usually down in his spirits. Uh, Tigger, on the other hand, apparently has a spring in his tail, his little (laughs) stuffed animal tail. And he's just happy, ready for fun. He's always up. Now sometimes, you know, our personalities tend toward one or the other of these. You're kind of an optimist or you're a pessimist. If people call me a pessimist, I like to tell them I'm a realist. Which is like right in there in the middle. But anyway, I tend to be more like Eeyore. Um, I don't know if you've met my wife. But she tends to be more like Tigger. <laughs> so in the morning time, when I first wake up, there's Tigger. <laughs> and, uh, but the outlook that we have about our circumstances in our life, how we interpret it, I want us to think about today the idea that it's, it could be influenced by how you see yourself. How do you see yourself? And in this proverb, Proverbs 15, verse 15, it seems like there's the idea that you can see yourself either as a victim, a person that stuff happens to, that life is not fair, that people trample over you and hurt you, and that's your idea of yourself like Eeyore, who says, go ahead and pull my tail. Everybody else does. (laughs) So he's expecting to be trampled upon because that's been his experience. Or you can see yourself as a person who is blessed and has God's favor upon him or her, because you see it all around you. All the good and the fun of life. So I want us to read uh, chapter 15 and verses 13 through 17. Give this a little bit of a of a context. But the main idea is... Uh, Your view of your life, your interpretation of your life and circumstances is influenced by how you see yourself either a victim or someone who's blessed. So, starting in verse 13, it says A joyful heart makes a cheerful face, but when the heart is sad, the spirit is broken. The mind of the intelligent seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feed on folly. All the days of the afflicted are bad, but a cheerful heart has a continual feast. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and turmoil with it. Better is a dish of vegetables where love is than a fattened ox served with hot hatred. So I want us to look at verse 15 and these two choices of how you see the path of your life, what's happened to you. Uh, all the days of the afflicted, those who see themselves as afflicted, are bad. Notice it says all the days. That's the attitude that's taken by this uh, person. Uh, Notice that all through here, these chapters, especially chapter 15 that we're looking at, there's a contrast. There are contrasts. And that's one of the ways to, uh, one of the keys to looking at the Proverbs here. So you have the contrast of the person, all my days are afflicted like Eeyore. And then the person who has a cheerful heart, who sees the good, is a continual feast. Look at the feast that life is. So this feast is an analogy for how they see life. It's continual. Notice, all the days continual feast. So whether you see yourself as a victim, afflicted, or as blessed, a person who is in life, pulled their chair up to a feast, that influences how you're going to interpret as you go, moment by moment, day by day, the things that happen to you. Uh, And this does not only, I think, accord with this, but it accords with human nature. Uh, The first verse here says, A joyful heart makes a cheerful face, but when the heart is sad, the spirit is broken. You You can tell when someone's sad, right? You can tell when they're troubled. You can tell. How many of you have ever been sad? I mean, everybody knows what that's like. Some of us every single day we can be sad and happy. So when the heart is sad, the spirit is broken. You're on the road to sort of having that broken. I just I don't I'm at the end of my rope. I don't know what else to do. And I'm kind of giving up. I know that not only have we been sad, but we felt that way before. Often that God uses that to help us to be at the bottom of a barrel and look up and to try to find Him, to come to the end of ourselves and our own strength and cleverness and put our faith in Him. Now, it's not always so bad to be sad, because God will use that even in our lives. But we have this idea that we can tell when somebody's happy and when they're droopy like Eeyore. And they're sad. And our heart goes out to the other sad people because we've been sad. But we don't want to just stay there. We don't want to just leave it at that. That human condition where we seem to be sometimes not in control of our lives because of our emotions and our thoughts that cause those emotions. And we don't, we don't know how to sort that out. We don't want to just go up and down and up and down. So there's got to be something better. Something that is more in control than just leading my life by my emotions. And so we have verse 14. Right after talking about the emotions and how obvious they are, it says the mind of the intelligent seeks knowledge but the mouth of fools feeds on folly. So there's that contrast again. But the mind of the intelligent seeks knowledge. So I don't want to just stop with this observation that people are sad and you can tell it. Sometimes they're happy. But I want to go beyond that and try to see what is it that causes a sad heart? What is it that causes a cheerful face? A joyful heart. And I believe it is your thoughts about yourself. Your status. That song that she sang, somehow, and I like that part, somehow, because I don't get it. God wants me. That doesn't make any sense. But it shows... Not only his love, but it shows me that somehow, someway, I am valuable. The person who made me and decided that I should exist uh, wants me, wants to fellowship with me, wants me around. So that in itself, without any circumstances, without anything else happening is an interpretation it's a thought it's a focus on something that's good the fact that I'm here and I'm me that's a weird thing isn't it you're you and not someone else I don't know if you've thought about these things I don't want (laughs) to burst your bubble today but existence itself is very strange you're you. You have your thoughts that other people can't read. Thank goodness, right? Etc. And you came into the world at a certain time. That's a gift. That's called being alive all by itself. That's something to feast upon. That's something to be thankful for. So I either have that mindset or I take it for granted and then I look at myself in terms of, well, nobody's treating me right and I'm not having what I should have, etc. like a victim. I'm afflicted, oh. But really the truth is, and we know the truth is, that everybody's afflicted. It's how you're going to respond to it. I think that's what this is about. A cheerful heart has a continual feast because it doesn't focus on the afflictions. A cheerful inner man, a cheerful mind is focused on the good things. Life is a picnic. Now, I don't know how many picnics you've been on, but picnics are fun. But they're not always perfect, are they? There could be bees or ants or somebody who doesn't know how to cook, all kinds (laughs) of different things. But picnics in general are great. That's the outlook of the cheerful heart. Right over here in, in chapter... Let's see. What I'm looking for. Chapter 14, verse 30. A tranquil heart is life to the body, but passion is rottenness to the bones. And I believe the idea of passion there is like jealousy. Some of your translations may say, Jealousy is rottenness. the bones so a peaceful heart knowing that I'm actually blessed like the song God wants me he's blessed me even with existence and life what an adventure it is it's not always fun but it's pretty great that outlook like Tigger you know what Tigger said uh Eeyore said, Go ahead and pull my tail, everybody else does. Tigger said, The wonderful thing about Tiggers is Tiggers are wonderful things. (laughs) He understood that existence was something to be cherished. (laughs) He's Tigger, and you're you, and you're God's idea. You're not your own idea. He wants you to be cheerful, to enjoy what he's given you, starting with the very fact that you're alive. Uh, Jesus said, um, in the world you will have trouble, the worst promise in the Bible. But then he said, but cheer up. I have overcome the world. There's no affliction that can afflict you that's beyond God's power to hold you and to want you and to get you through it. So, how you see yourself. Am I blessed just to even be alive and all the other things that God gives me and to focus on those things? Or am I going to focus on what I don't have? The losses that happen. Um... Am I gonna focus on the missing tile? Because life is not perfect, is it? And if you go into the hall and there was a missing tile, every one of us would go, What's what's with this? Ed, you know, right? <laughs> Our tendency is to focus on the negative, the afflictions, the days that are bad. I know that's me. I've got a major problem with this. I need this sermon probably more than all of you. It's easy to do that. And to forget, look at all the other good tiles. Let me call Ed, you did so good with all those other tiles. That's a different way to look, isn't it? But that's the cheerful heart. That's a seeing myself as blessed rather than a victim. So uh, I don't know if if you... This is kind of an old... Preacher story, and uh, I'm sure Mark's heard this, maybe. But there's the story of these two boys, two little boys. One was an optimist, one was a pessimist. And so they, they could no matter what they did, they couldn't get the optimist to quit being happy and just everything's great. And the pessimist little boy to see everything as what it didn't have or it's no good the lack in it, and so they talked to a psychologist. He said, here's what you do. The little boy that's an optimist, this Christmas, I want you to give him a box full of horse dung. The other little boy that's the pessimist, give him everything he would ever want, bicycles and toys, and so Christmas comes and the pessimist comes out. He sees all this stuff, and he, he's happy for a minute. And he said, "Well, I just, I hope I can keep it. It doesn't break very soon. These things." And the other little optimist, he opens his package and it opens the box, and he sees the dung, and he says, "A pony!" <laughs> Some of us are like. Have anybody ever heard that? No, that's good. Oh, okay. Uh, but we want to see the pony, because there are ponies. And there's all kinds of good things in life. Most of them just come along, and they're just there for your benefit. You don't create them. You don't work for them. I remember uh, we had a little, when we lived in New York, we had a little bird feeder, and we had sunflower seeds in it. And some of the seeds would drop down below the deck, And one summer, we had these beautiful sunflowers just grow up. And I sat on my deck, and there's this perfectly circular, beautiful yellow flower for me to enjoy. I did nothing that God made. And I feasted upon that beauty because that's what God had for me. One of the things about it is, I can put what I expect in my little, this is my perfect life aside, and just go on the ride of the adventure of what has God got? What feast has God have for me? He prepares a table for me in the presence of mine enemies. Victory feast. Anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. That was David's view of life. But can I see it? And it starts with, how do I see myself? Am I a victim or am I favored with the Lord's blessings? And I think we have here um, a couple of examples following this verse, verse 15. Verse 16 says, Better is a little... With the fear of the Lord, then great treasure and turmoil. With it, so we're we're deeper than just well. Sometimes you're happy and your your face is happy. Then, and sometimes you get sad and your spirit's broken. And no, we're we have some more wisdom. There are there are values that we can actually place our mind upon that are more important than other things. Reverence for the Lord apparently is more important than treasure. And there's a there's a contrast here which reminds us of where your treasure is there will your heart be also. My treasure what I'm going to invest in is God. Because all of love and light and life and good is from Him. Every good gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadow of turning, who's consistently good. And I reverence that. It changed my whole outlook. Because God is with me and He's blessing me. And verse 17, better is a dish of vegetables where love is than a fattened ox served with hatred. So, this actually corresponds to the two great commandments, doesn't it? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. These are the things, the deeper things that God has in mind for us that aren't just happenstance that make me sad because I'm a victim, but are gifts that he's given me that can't be taken away. Nothing can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. That's something to feast upon, is it not? That's true. No matter what's happening to you, no matter what circumstances, no matter what reverses and, and challenges you have, And some of them can be very overwhelming. That's why it breaks our spirit. It's hard. But in the end, you are favored by God. You are blessed. That's who you are. And that makes all the difference about how I interpret my life. Uh, David McCullough wrote these uh, biographies, a biography of John Adams. He wrote one time about John Adams when he was old, and he wrote down something in his, his diary. John Adams, the, one of the fathers of our country, the second president, I think, or third. Anyway, go look that up. He was the first vice president, I remember that. And he was a key to the whole thing. But he had—he was older, he had lost his wife, he's still grieving over her. That winter, there was a hard winter and some of his, uh, his fruit trees had been killed. And he was kind of writing some of this down. But he ended it with, but I have had so many blessings in my life. That I'm thankful for so many things. And you know what he said? He said, it's a merry old world after all. That was his take. Isn't that something? It wasn't that he didn't have reverses and problems and griefs. It's the way he saw himself, that he was blessed. He was a believer in in God. And so he could uh, take on that Christian worldview to get through life. So we can do the same thing. And I want to close with uh, the end of Jude's letter. When we revere the Lord and have some vegetables, we're doing great. Why? Jude tells us, Now to Him who's able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of His glory, blameless with great joy to the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord be glory majesty dominion and authority before all time and now and forever amen that's a very universal statement of faith and of a worldview isn't it it's all about God who's pulled me up and drawn me up into the glory of God himself his very presence able to make me stand there as righteousness that's given to me through Jesus Christ. That is a great gift, and nothing can take that away from me because it doesn't depend on me. So I ask myself after reading that, am I blessed or am I just a victim? And there's no doubt in my mind, I'm blessed. And that's how I'm going to interpret my life and circumstances. So let's close with a prayer. Lord, we thank you. Lord, I don't believe we'll find out the way you blessed us in this life until it's over. We're able to review and look back and see what you did for us. All kinds of blessings that we did acknowledge, that we did see but also all those ways you protected us, you went before and behind us, and we didn't even know it because you want us and you love us. We thank you for your love. pray in Jesus' name. Amen.